Welcome to A Nursing State of Mind. In this podcast series, nurses Linda Groh, who is CEO and Executive Director of AORN, and Dr. Phyllis Quinlan, a coach who specializes in the emotional well-being of nurses, sit down for conversations that reflect on nurse experiences during COVID-19. Their insights will help you strengthen your self-awareness and help you continue providing care with confidence, pride, and satisfaction. Hello, I'm Linda Grove, CEO and Executive Director of the Association of Perioperative Registered Nurses. While this podcast is produced by AORN, this series is for all nurses in every practice area. Our focus today is who has time for self-care? Dr. Phyllis Quinlan is with me today as our expert on the topic. Dr. Phyllis is a self-care and healing coach who specializes in the emotional well-being of nurses. She's the author of several books, including Rediscovering the Joy of Being a Nurse, a Holistic Approach to Compassion Fatigue. Hello, Dr. Phyllis. How are you today? I'm well, Linda. How are you? I'm great, but you know, I'm really very interested in this topic for today, as I must admit that I frequently do not have enough time or energy for self-care. In fact, I know I fit right in because the recent survey by American Nurses Association, more than half of the nurses continue to feel overwhelmed amid this COVID-19 pandemic and 29% feel depressed. Numerous qualitative responses reflected symptoms associated with burnout or PTSD. What suggestions do you have for us on how to make self-care a priority? You know, that's, that's, that's a really important question, Linda. Um, you know, and the, the whole idea of burnout has been one of those insidious problems that's really been building for the last 25 to 30 years. And you know, we've gotten to the point now where we realize that self-care is no longer a guilty pleasure. All right. It is an essential behavior if you intend to remain in practice and limit your risks for burnout or what we might call uh, compassion fatigue. You know, we, we have to start pushing past our limiting beliefs that we must put everyone else first before we turn our attention and energies to our own needs. We are among the most generous people on the planet and we need to lean into our worthiness to be a priority in our own lives. Even the airlines instruct us to put our own oxygen mask on first before you help another person. They, they understand that if you, you know, the person with the generous, compassionate heart that puts everyone else first goes down, then you're going to become part of the problem and not part of the solution. But Linda, this point that I'm going to make is, is really important. If you are unable to find time to address your own needs, please understand that this is your personal choice and not a consequence of being a nurse. You know, we, we identify so much with our profession that we, we seem to put our profession, you know, as the reason for so many things. But when it comes down to, am I worth taking care of myself? That is a very personal choice. Every day we're coming to grips with the fact that self-care practices are a part of our well-being competencies for safe practice. We know how much 
taking good care of ourselves is linked to quality outcomes. I need for everyone who's listening to understand that self-sacrifice is not required to be a nurse. Please don't confuse a sense of duty and a commitment to professionalism with the behavior of self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice is the hallmark sign of what we call toxic caregiving. Self-sacrificing behaviors can and will lead to caregiver frustration, anger, and burnout. Most who have circled the drain of toxic caregiving choose isolation as a form of maladaptive coping. They have abused or allowed others to abuse their own compassionate nature to the degree that it's just too painful to carry on, so they shut down. They declare that they are done. However, they are blind to the fact that they have played a huge role in this unfortunate outcome. I want everyone to listen to what I'm about to say. You have a birthright to be a priority in your own life. You have a professional responsibility to protect your compassionate nature with healthy boundaries and good self-care practices. It's important to honor the universe's gift of a compassionate heart and care for it as the precious gift that it is. Dr. Phyllis, I couldn't agree with you more. Self-care is especially important as we work through the unknowns of COVID-19. Who knows how long we will be working under these conditions? The fact is that nurses are exhausted from the pressures of COVID-19 in their work environment, and then they go home to take care of their families with the concern that they're carrying the virus into that environment. Can you take us from concept to reality? What does self-care really look like in this environment? Linda, I believe most of us know the conventional steps for self-care. I I think we just um, either cannot or sometimes refuse to make ourselves a priority um, as far as time constraints are to allow ourselves those, you know, to indulge in those good practices. But I would share a methodology that is simple but not always obvious. You know, there are recipes for well-being. And I think one of the best recipe comes from our colleagues that practice applied positive psychology. They they put forth an acronym known as PERMA, P-E-R-M-A, where P stands for always trying to engage in some way of, you know, indulging yourself with positive thoughts. You know, even if you're you're getting up first thing in the morning, you know, just if you're having that first cup of coffee or tea or soda, whatever your drink of choice is in the morning, you know, really just savor it for a moment and feel that positive feeling of having a great cup of coffee to welcome you into a day. You know, if you're you're driving and you don't have that much traffic, you know, just simply through gratitude, you know, just really acknowledge that, wow, you know, I'm really having a nice commute today. And oh my God, look at this. I've got a parking space that's not in outer Mongolia. You know, really indulging in positive thoughts can go a long way to lifting your spirits throughout the day. And one of the funny things about positive thoughts is that the more you have them, the more you practice that gratitude, the more things you have to be thankful for seem to show up. The E for PERMA is about engagement. And this is really coming along where I say, you know, you have to be fully engaged in life. It, you know, you can't just be, you know, your work, your work, your work. You truly have to make time for friends and family and engagement so that you, you, your, your profession certainly is a huge part of your, your life. 
but it's not the only aspect or dimension to your life. The R is for relationships, and we are going to live and die by the quality of our personal and professional relationships. It's really important to nurture those relationships because human connection is what we're all about. And then the M is for meaning. And I don't usually have to talk to professional caregivers about finding meaning in their world, but I do usually have to remind them that they need to take good self-care so they never distance themselves from the joy of what they do. And then finally, the A is acknowledgement. And you want to be able to celebrate throughout the day or your week or your month or your life, those small and little accomplishments along the way. What's nice about the acronym PERMA, positive thoughts, engagement, relationships, meaning, and acknowledgement, is that it's cyclical. Positive thoughts want you to engage, you know, it promotes and encourages you to engage in life. You know, the more engaged in life you are, the more relationships you're going to make. The more relationships you make, the deeper the meaning of your world and your mission. The more deeper the meaning, the more acknowledgements you have to celebrate, the more acknowledgements you have to celebrate, more positive thoughts come your way. So you can see that this is really a flywheel and that we want to try to keep it in perpetual motion. And aside from all the other conventional ways of being able to offer ourselves self-care, having positive thoughts, staying engaged, encouraging relationships, staying close to the joy of what we do, and acknowledging that we are indeed among the most generous people on the planet is a real gateway to self-care. Thank you, Dr. Phyllis. This is important advice, and I know it will help us sustain the energy that we need to live a full and satisfying life, despite coping with the ambiguity of COVID-19. And to you, the listeners, thank you for joining us today. We hope you will continue to listen to our podcast series at thenursingworld.org forward slash the well-being initiative. I'm Linda Grove. Thank you for listening to A Nurse's State of Mind. Thank you for listening. We hope you found value in this discussion and you'll join us next time for A Nursing State of Mind.